Welcome to the Edge of Greatness podcast. The path to greatness is never linear and requires patience and consistency. Join us on our journey as we peel back the layers of success searching for that elusive core. Each week we will explore a different component of greatness. Utilizing experts who have traveled some part of the path that we are all on, we aim to uncover insights into the areas of leadership, coaching, performance, overcoming failure, the power of habits, and so much more. We are all on the edge of greatness. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Charles Schultz, and today I have a very special guest with me. It is the head coach of the Grove City High School baseball team, Ryan Alexander. He has been the head coach there now for 12 seasons, accumulating 225 wins and sending 64 kids uh, off to play in college, which is, for those of you at home that aren't very good at math, that's your entire infield every year going to play in college. So uh, I'd say that's something that's pretty awesome and special. And it speaks to the culture and the way they do things over there. So today I've got him on to kind of talk a little bit about some of that and share his wisdom with those out there listening. So uh, thank you for taking some time to speak with me and my guests. Uh, Thanks, Coach Schultz, for having us. Absolutely. So did you have a nice holiday? Oh, yeah. Good time. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving, went and visited my brother down in Florida. And then um, over at the new year, we went skiing for a couple of days up in uh, Michigan with the kids. Nice, nice. Get a little time away. So yeah. uh, I imagine it's getting close to getting back to grind season here. So how's the uh, preparation coming for the upcoming season right now? Yes, and uh, I'd say that's probably been the toughest part with all of this COVID is when are you allowed to work out when you're not allowed to work out. So we've actually been shut down um, since Thanksgiving. So this is the first week our guys have been back together. So it is, uh, um, it's been unique. Um, finding different ways to make sure that they're being accountable for each other. Uh, this is usually a time where our guys really feed off of all of our college guys back. And we're, we're fortunate enough to have um, two guys playing in the pros right now. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's, um, I mean, that's obviously huge. Yes. Yeah, just making sure that, you know, having those guys back and um, working with all of our high school kids is um, critical for our program. So it's kind of been a challenging moment for that. Um, we've been able to do some Zoom calls and um, Google Meets just to try to give them different ideas and nonstop communication with them on ways that they can continue to improve themselves. Okay. Does it seem like they're hungry and ready to get at the, get back to work? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think they are. Um It'll, it'll just be interesting to see because, you know, we're, we're bringing back, you know, and I'm sure a lot of teams will be in the exact same boat. We're bringing back one kid that has varsity at bats, you know, and then you aren't able to work with them for the last month and a half. Um, this fall, we actually, we worked on our field a ton, um, working to put our, the new turf field in and, um, it is really going to be immaculate place for, you know, not only our kids, but for all the kids around the USCC to come and uh, have a great place to play. Yeah, no, I've been I've been watching the updates on that. That's a, a pretty special facility you got going on over there. So that's pretty awesome. Um, well, actually, that kind of leads into the the first part of this uh, conversation that I want to have is, you know, obviously with this year, it's being weird. 
They don't have the same contact, the same exposure that they usually do. Plus, you've got guys coming back, like you said, that don't have a lot of varsity experience. So with your program being what it is, like, I mean, I know when I was coaching at Central and always coming against you guys, we knew what we were going to get. We knew what to expect because the culture you built was that of gritty, determined, hard-nosed, we're going to play and we're going to be in every game, even if our talent is the most elite or just kind of in the middle this year. You you put together winning mindsets and mentalities. And so talk to me a little bit about kind of the culture you've built over the last 12 years and, and how that's kind of come about for you. Yeah, those those were some great battles with those big central teams, too. I always had a blast <laughs> with those guys. And and some of those guys still come over here and work out all the time. Yeah. I love no. it. Um, just those those bonds and those relationships we were able to build over those years with those guys has been amazing. Um, our, our big deal is is we just want to try to make sure we're putting work in. Um, I think baseball is a big work sport. If you don't love to work and you don't love to get in the weight room and you don't love to take rep after rep after rep, I don't really know how you feel prepared to get in there and then battle somebody that you know has been. Um, and in our conference, you know as well as I have, um, those games are every single day. You know, I, I always said I would put the OCC Ohio in those days up against any public school conference in the in the state for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, you're pick Central, pick North, Gahanna, Lancaster got really good. Reynoldsburg, yeah. you know, they, they used to be a powerhouse in the conference when I first came in, and they had a, a lot of guys. And then they've lately got really good again. Yeah. So um, it's just – it was it's always fun competing in that conference. I think our guys know what it takes um, just from seeing our older guys come back. Um, what I think what helped us with my coaching career, let's just call it, um, early on, 2009, we had a great start my first coaching year. We had four or five guys that went on to play college baseball, play for four years. And, you know, I, I always think that's a, a testament to um, – to a kid's characters, the ones that want to, everybody says they want to play in college, but it's when you get there and then all of a sudden you have to find a way to figure out how to do this for four consecutive years or some guys five years now with some of our COVID guys. Um, so, I mean, I remember I went to college. We started with 26 kids in our class and two of us finished. It was, it was myself and a kid from kid from old Pickerington before they even split. So, uh, just dating my age right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I think that's a, a big thing, especially with the like a sport like baseball. I think it translates to life so much because it's it's a long game. You there's no there's no quick fix, there's no short term answer. It it's like you said, consistency and reps and um, you know, the daily grind. And I don't like using the word grind because I feel like it's a negative, but you have to have that grit to want to put in work, you know? Um and so Talk to me a little bit of kind of the things that you do on a daily basis to keep your kids engaged so that they have that step-by-step process to the end. Yeah, game. Um, getting getting back to work this week, um, that's where we will head. All right, and we are back up. So you were talking about getting back to work this week? Yeah, so like this week, um, it'll be the start of basically what we talked to the guys about was you know, we're seven, eight weeks out from this whole thing starting up and starting full practice. So it's it's going to be a, a whirlwind. But I think our guys through this 
through this situation that America has been thrown into um, over the last year with COVID, I think it's really mentally prepared our guys that I think they're ready to go at any moment now. Um, and I think it, it has changed our mindsets on, you know, understanding the big picture and, you know, it's making sure you're taking care of loved ones. And, you know, if you have older people in your family, making sure you're being responsible. So, I mean, I think it has really put a, a lot of perspective into some high school kids that probably never happened to us for 10 years, you know, coaching other groups of kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely some of the, the most adversity I feel like I've ever seen um, for how much it's disrupted, you know, normal life and sports and their culture and, and, and just how much it's got that ripple effect across the board for us. So, um, yeah, it's definitely one of those wake up calls for sure. So, um, so talk to me a little bit about some of the stuff that you kind of direct your kids to do that's maybe outside of baseball that is aimed towards, I guess, integrating them into what you want them to become as far as on the field, but like without the, the skill acquisition, you know what I'm talking about? So like, yes. do you have them do some team building or anything of those natures or like, um, I don't know. I've seen other coaches do like where they have to get up and do presentations and stuff like that, but just kind of give me some of the, what you're working with, with those things. Yes. Yeah, so we, we have done those in the past. Um, we haven't done them this year yet just cause it's been such a challenging time on making sure we're staying six feet apart and, different items like that but every single day in the weight room we try to bring some lesson we try to bring some talk of daily life living um things that are going to be way more important than baseball um at the end of the day we we have two guys that are continuing to play baseball and you know 150 200 kids that we've coached so that are living everyday lives and going to going to work every day and you know, some of the kids, some of those guys have now been married, so there have to be a husband. Um, a couple of them have had kids now, so being a dad. So all those all those things are being thrown into our program that um, have never been before. So, right. you know, we're, we're finally the age in our program where some of that stuff's starting to happen. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's actually kind of fun, though, because you get to see them coming back and they're bringing their kids to watch. And <laughs> yeah. And and I, I will say this about our guys. We have 27 guys that are out playing right now. Twenty four of them, I think, are going to end up playing this spring. Um, and they're always back around our program. So our guys see them in the summer, in the winter um, and just being able to be around those guys. Uh, what the program meant to them. But then again, in the spring, all of a sudden, there'll be 10 or 12 guys that were our 13 and 14 guy on our team that probably played 10 or 15 innings a, in a season that still come back to our program because they they know how much our program meant to them. And it wasn't even based on innings and being all conference and trying to go to college and play. It was It was about them just becoming a, a better person. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's I think that's the ultimate testament of what you're building over there is the fact that even if you weren't the star or the standout guy on the team, you still want to come be a part of that program because you've seen obviously other programs where if you're not playing right away or you're not the starter, then you like contemplating quitting or you don't even come back around when you're done. Um, and, and I think that's a special thing that you got going on over there for sure. And I know you know how many guys we always have in that dugout. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a little intimidating, that's for sure. We've got the playoff it, roster there every single day. It'll be interesting to see if they uh, try to put a cap on us this year with, with the uh, COVID numbers. Yeah, I didn't even think about sure. that part. That's uh, yeah. That'll be an interesting thing to, to work with for sure. So um, you mentioned a little bit about like sharing the big picture and the vision stuff. I, I was actually listening to a book the other uh, today uh, by John Gordon. He was talking about within a program having carrying with you a, a – telescope and a microscope. And I, I feel like that big picture thing that you're talking about is one of the big pieces of how you keep kids motivated. But what do you do as far as um, when it, when it gets tough in the moment, how do you bring it back down to that microscopic level? Do you do anything yeah. in particular with that? Um, I honestly think that a lot of that, like you're talking about that microscopic piece, it's tough to do unless you build those relationships early. I'm a huge Sean Gordon guy. Um, to me, a lot of my coaching goes back to the guys that, you know, helped develop me as a kid. Um, I grew up, I didn't really, my, my real dad really wasn't present in my life. Um, so, you know, I, I was able to use coaches as other dads in my life. Um, I told myself as a sophomore in college or a sophomore in high school, one day, whenever someone tells me I can't play uh, baseball or basketball anymore. Uh, I'm going to have to get a job and I definitely want to teach and coach. And I've known that for for a long time. Um, It's to me, if you can gain that piece where you can communicate with kids. And then when that, when that moment hits the fan, it's a lot easier to get in and talk with them, work through it, um, find different ways because our guys know, not just myself, there's numerous coaches on our staff that, have our guys back any hour of the day um, and we're kids first way before baseball um, yeah. grades you know attitude how you treat your mom um, we're big on that way before baseball you know we all, I always tell her tell our parents at the at the first meeting we have every year hey if your kid ever back talks you tells them your phone get away from their phone and or anything like that, like those things are yours. And if, if they don't want to respect you, call me and I will gladly make them run for days <laughs> until they figure it out. So um, it's all about just being a team. Yeah. Um, we use our players, our parents, our community, um, and just what we've been able to do with the even the turf project, you know, just a full community rally on uh, finding a better way for our kids. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's it's more about the family, about the life that you're creating for these kids than the sport. And the sport's just the way to, you know, hammer home some of those pieces, you know, like, you, you know, and I know that in baseball, you're going to fail, you're going to struggle, you're going to have to go oh, yeah. through adversity. And, and that translates to what you're going to have to deal with in the real world. And I mean, I, that's why I love the game so much is because you get yeah. to, you get to experience as a child playing a game what it's like to be an adult in real life. I think you know. exactly what you just hit on. Yeah. It's why baseball is my favorite game. You know, it's such such a mental challenge on one day you could be top of the world. And then and the next week you strike out three or four times and think life's going to end. Yeah. Um, so you, you have to deal with adversity all the time in this game. And it's just a, a great developer for kids, for sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so you you mentioned a lot of the kids that come back. So what do they what do you do with those guys when they come home? Do you still try to work with them as a coach, or at that point is it more of a uh, like a friend relationship going yeah, forward from there? Um, 
I mean, we definitely will. Like, uh, I, I actually built a barn at my house um, that a lot of our guys, they train here all the time. So my college guys are always back around. I'll still pitch to them, flip to them, nice. talk with them. But we also use that as a moment to really try to gain their expertise and, and what they're learning and what are you doing different and picking brains. And um, one, of my, one of my favorite kids that I've coached, well, I mean, he's one of the most successful is Mike Myers. He pitches for the Angels. But I tell every kid in our program, even little kids at baseball camp, the, one, the greatest thing I think about Mike was, you know, as a sophomore, we knew he was going to be special. Um, Division one coaches start calling me. But if you came over to our practice once and said, hey, I saw how you're throwing your curveball. I think you, if you tried this, it might work. And he would honestly give it a tra- give it a try. Um, and for someone that had the success level that he did, that was willing to try other things and pick people's brains and um, just honestly give give someone a chance that you know that maybe other other high school kids I know would have never given a chance to um, you know I could definitely see where he has made his headway and being able to and just in the last year he found a new pitch you know we're <laughs> we're six years into the into his pro career and right. he's found a new pitch um, so just that continually, Wanting to learn and adapt mm-hmm. your game um, is something that we we try to hone in on all the time. Um, when yeah. our guys are working, you know, I I learned this from a college coach once, and he told me one of our guys played for him, and he goes, I go to the field and I see him working all the time, like during early work. But he goes, I just don't know what he's working on. And it, it kind of really struck home to me of, making sure every time I see our guys working, I'll just give them a quick question like, hey, what are you working on? So we try to make sure our guys know that everything that they're doing is intentional and have a plan when you go to work, have a plan when you go to work out. Um, And in developing those plans, I think you really start to develop your mindset on what it's going to take to be successful. Uh, That's that's perfect. I love that because in – the reason I built this podcast and I'm trying to do this stuff is because we see these people have this great success, but we don't fully understand what it takes to be that person. Like we all like see these guys who are at the top of their game and like, man, I want to be like that guy. And every kid wants to be that next, you know, LeBron James or Michael Jordan or whoever your favorite players are. But those guys do it different. And and I loved hearing the story about Mike because, you know, like you said, he he was gifted. He had skills that were there but he was still so coachable and he was constantly working you know and and to be striving to be better all the time is a difficult thing to do but that's what the great ones do they they don't they don't settle for okay i made it this far and that's good now and then they don't take a back seat they go okay what's the next step and and i feel like that's kind of the the thing that i'm getting from your program even like you know the little guy the the guys who watch the older guys work then they yeah. show up the next year and they're like, all right, it's my turn now. I'm going to continue I, that legacy and pass it I actually, forward. I actually think what you just hit on is is another big piece of in some of our Zoom meetings and our talks. We've had all these college kids on and have them talking to we've had kids from Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three kind of talk about each one of their levels and what that looks like. But then also the work that goes in 
Um, and it is funny because even myself, if there's anything that anyone that's ever played in college, they come back and say is, man, I wish I would have worked out different in high school. Man, I wish I would have hit the weights a little bit more. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one, not one of our guys has ever said, you know, that went to college, like, oh, I worked out too much when I was in high school and didn't change my body enough and right. didn't eat right. right. So uh, just getting those guys to um, understand that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and until you get to that next level, sometimes those kids will never fully understand what that work looks like. Um, but we're continually working at it and uh, trying to develop those. <laughs> right. That, uh, yeah just that competitive mindset to that and in how they approach things every day. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the consistency of work now will definitely make that transition to the next level easier because obviously as you move up, everyone who goes up with you is the same as you were, you know? And I think that's hard for kids to understand is like they were the top of their, their team. Cause obviously you moved on yeah. to the next level. You were the guy, you know, even if there was multiple guys on your team that went on, you were still the guy or one of the guys and then you get to the next level and everybody who's in your class was the guy. And yeah. you got to continue that mindset of never being satisfied and constantly working and doing that stuff. So um, I think having the, the college guys on the, the Zoom call, that's that's pretty awesome. So um, when you uh, when you get a chance to sit down and have a moment to yourself and you're starting to think about like future stuff for your team, how do you go about? gaining new information or new stuff to implement and what's kind of your, your go-to when it comes to uh, continuing to grow and develop for yourself as a coach? Um, I, I am an avid uh, Twitter guy and I'm an avid Twitter guy because I absolutely love just following people that I think, think on the same lines as you do. Um, you know, and right now um, it's a, it's a political mess out there. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I can always, get on and follow some coaches and some some guys that I follow in college and you know John Gordon does stuff at daily that's absolutely amazing and uh spot on with how I truly um want to lead you know myself my family uh our program and just finding ways like that to non-stop keep developing your brain you know and I think there's a there's a lot of old guys out there that have told me like once you once you think you know it all, you know, you, uh, you've stopped learning and you stopped getting better. So uh, I've never, ever been a guy that says, this is the way you have to do it. This is the way that it must be done. Um, you know, we'll give our guys a, a framework to build around, but then I want you to own it. And, you know, I, I give lessons to, you know, kids that hit in my barn and stuff. And I always tell them, you know, I'll figure a way to make you hit in this barn from throwing to you from 20 feet away, 30 feet away, flipping for you from you for five feet away. You know, we'll find a way for your swing to look good. But at some point, it has nothing to do with how you're going to compete and do things when you get in that box in a real game and that kid's 60 feet away from you and he's angry and he wants to get you out. And, you know, what's it, what's your mindset going to look like? that that right there i think hits kind of how i coach too and i love that because 
I had that same conversation with a number of my hitting clients like recently about, you know, look, your swing looks great in here. Mechanically, you're fine, but it's not about mechanics when you go head to head with somebody. It's about timing and understanding what your adjustments are and being able to take the swing. And I love to own it part because I I think too many kids are always looking to the sideline to mommy and daddy or the coach. And what do I do? Yeah, I you know, I'm not in the game. You figure it out. <laughs> I mean, this is your oh, chance. Yeah. yeah. Show me that what we've been talking about and learning is something you can apply. Yeah. Um, and just, just looking back at my own, the way I played, um, like I don't even teach a lot of that stuff on how I just found a way to compete in the moment, you know, and, and I was never taught, never told any of that. I never had a lesson, you know, like we just figured it out on, I got to do this in order to be successful if I want to keep playing. And you, you, you found those different niches and different ways that allowed you to be successful. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes we need to step back as coaches from the teaching aspect and just let them learn to be competitive, learn to adapt and adjust and, and, and continue to take the learning habits and apply them for themselves. And I think that's where, you see that big growth where somebody goes, oh, okay, so it doesn't have to always look pretty. It doesn't always have to look this way. I can do it a certain way or I can make the adjustment and it still works out. Um, and I think that's something that you just nailed the the nail on the head with. Yeah, um, we, we, we show uh, like three pictures every year to our guys. And probably three of the biggest hits in Grove City history, there's a hit in the district championship. There's a hit um when we won the regional and one of my favorites is a a bomb that we hit in a 3-3 tie in the seventh inning a grand slam in the regional final against westerville central and this kid's back foot just flips it just flips like he doesn't get it through at all (laughs) he doesn't get any back knee slam he doesn't lock his front knee out yeah. But he just found a way to get the barrel to the right spot at the right time. And it was probably the biggest hit ever. Oh, yeah. that's. I mean, that gave me chills just listening to the situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, here we go. That was yeah. probably the craziest inning I've ever been a part of. I, we, we thought that team was really, really good at Westville Central. We go 3-3 tie with them in the seventh. We go grand slam, bomb, double, bomb end up winning 10-3 and our I mean this place was going nuts and it was a just a great experience for our kids to be in oh yeah absolutely I think anytime you put a kid in a situation where there's some pressure and a little bit of you know chance of failure uh you have an opportunity to see them grow and grow up and and that's you know that's like you've been talking about this whole time is what it's all about is is growing up for life and you don't grow up without facing difficult moments and difficult challenges so talk to me a little bit about some of the stuff you do in the weight room setting um i, I love obviously for me the weight room is a big thing because i own a gym and and it's where i spend a lot of my time and working with athletes and stuff like that um how do you get them to to be accountable for themselves to push each other what what's some of the the things that you do in those in those settings in that aspect yeah i mean that's a continually evolving picture for us and you know, uh, I read as much as I can. I listen to as many videos as I can. We have a guy in our, or we have a guy in our program, Mike Myers, his brother-in-law is a strength and conditioning coach at Kansas state. So we, 
our coaches are always picking his brain on different things we can do in the weight room. Um, he's their baseball strength and conditioning guy. Okay. Uh, my, my first cousin, he's a strength and conditioning guy at Wake Forest. So um, just nonstop trying to develop myself because you're right. Like I don't have a degree in that. Um, and I think there's so many high school coaches that are thrown into that, um, you know, like we have to create these workouts, you know, it's important, you know, it's important to change bodies if you're going to be successful, um, and pushing these kids to the, to the max, if they're going to reach their potential. Um, but some of them just aren't not capable. And, you know, first off, I'm not certified to do it, but we're, we're thrust into those situations where, you know, it, and it, it's honestly, I'm actually surprised in the year 2020 that you're, we're actually still allowed to do this, but, uh, we'll save that for another talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, <laughs> uh, I, I find it interesting though, how, how difficult it is sometimes to be a high school coach. People don't understand, like, it's not just about the game. Like you said, the, the training aspect of it is crucial. It's, it's the critical piece that in my opinion, links the people who become collegiate players and those who just have good high school careers, because you, if you don't develop yourself as an athlete, as a player and physically, like all those things have to match up to make it to the next level. Yet they throw you into this situation and they're like, here, go teach these kids how to do yeah. something. And, and I feel like that's one of the areas that we really miss out on um, in a lot of programs because they don't have the connections that you do. Um, I mean, that's yeah. pretty awesome to have those people in your corner to help build the foundation with that. But um, not everyone's that lucky and they get no, stuck and, with. And that's, you know, and that's the, uh, the piece of it is we're continually evolving that and, there were things we probably did with our guys 10 years ago in the weight room that, you know, yourself or a few of these other strength guys would be like, what were you guys thinking? You know, but we were, we were going in there with an approach of what is best for these kids at that moment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I just think with that and everything in life, you know, um, nonstop uh, pitching games changing, how you do that. Um, are you a weighted ball guy? Or are you not, um, with the hitting, hitting mechanics? Um, you know, I've seen three different revolutions of how you should hit since yeah. I've been coaching in 12 years. Um, so I just think there's, there's so much of that mm-hmm. and so much of it is cyclical. Like it, it just comes back eventually <laughs> of some sort yeah. and yeah. we continue to tweak it and, um, we have we have two guys that kind of lead our weight program now. Tyler Kent, he played for us. He was on our couple of our great teams, 10, 11, 12. Played at Otterbein, was an All-American there. Got drafted by the Phillies. He kind of leads our weight room now, um, and has really, you know, gr- wanted that, mm-hmm. grabbed it, and he's done a great job with it. We got another assistant coach, Matt Stokes. Uh, when he's able to be with us, he's another awesome weight room guy and technique yeah. guy that we're able to lean on. Um, but again, I, I do feel for a lot of those coaches that maybe don't have the resources we do or don't have the amount of coaches that we do and they're stuck on everything. So, you know, I, I, I was in that boat for eight to 10 years on creating our fall workout, creating our winter workout, our spring. What do we want to keep doing in the springtime? So um, I know how challenging that is for, a lot of programs for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and you hit it right. I mean, like, 
the, the thing of the training world is it's always changing. And just like everything else, if you're not continuously trying to learn, like we talked about earlier, you know, you're going to get self, yourself stuck in the past. And, and for me, I mean, honestly, you said there were things 10 years ago I'd look at and be like, oh, my God, what were you doing? But there's <laughs> things I was doing 10 years ago that I look back and go, oh, my God, what was I doing? So it, it's definitely something that you have to grow with just like everything else. And if you're not willing to evolve and you're not willing to adapt, that's when you get stuck and that's when you find yourself not helping kids and not helping move things forward. So, I mean, I think that's that's just the way it's going to always be. But it's good that you're constantly looking to add pieces and change and adapt. And and I think that's the biggest piece of it all. So yeah. um, I guess the last thing I really want to talk about is um, when it comes to like our sport, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, it's a, it's a failure sport. It's a sport that's going to test your mental abilities and make you frustrated. Is there anything that you do or utilize to help kids overcome the failure that's inevitable? It's going to happen. Um, because mm-hmm. I find that a lot of people, they, they don't understand that when they start to fail, that's a good thing they're, that they're close to success. And, and I, I'm always looking for ways to add to my repertoire of things to say to kids and things to do when, you see them start to struggle because you're pushing them outside their, I can do yeah. this boundaries. So. And, and that is something that we really gear everything we do. Uh, we try to just compete, you know, mm-hmm. just learn to compete. And I think that's the, the hardest thing, especially in today's age where, you know, probably 50% or better of our team are one sport guys. Yeah. You know, and I, I try to tell our guys like, Hey, I don't know that anybody truly wants to hang out with me, uh, TK, the rest of our coaching staff all year. Like it's probably not going to be in the best interest of yourself. So find a way, go compete, go do something. Some of our best kids, you know, Mike was a three sport guy. Um, TK was a two sport guy. One of our best shortstops ever. He was a three sport guy. Um, and, and I always think that those guys, just knew how to compete mm-hmm. you know sure they missed some times where we were hitting in the cages and getting an extra 50 100 balls or um maybe ramping up their arm a little bit more where they could add a chance in the off season but those guys always found a way to get get working as well mm-hmm. um i always i always tell some of our guys like hey if, if you think you're going to be a basketball player and that's what you kind of want to write your name on if we get off the bus after we play six games in a week and you're not going to be able to shoot and don't find a way to get into some gym and get some shots up, you're not going to be a basketball player. Um, so that's just kind of my mentality on it. Mm-hmm. Of, or like that guy that's wants to be a football linebacker. Right. Like if we're only getting in, if we can only get in two or three lifts this week, it's probably not going to change your body enough for what you want to do. So you have to find a way to go work out somewhere in the morning or mm-hmm. when we get off the bus, you're going to have to go to the Y or whatever that may be yeah. um, to reach your goals. Yeah. No, I, that that's, I mean, that's hands down. That's absolutely the truth of it all is that if you want to be really good at something, you have to give it time. And, yeah. and so many people get stuck in the, well, I don't have time. Well, I mean, you probably just watched three episodes of something on Netflix. So you, <laughs> I'm sure you got some time somewhere. I mean, exactly. Let, let's figure out what's important. How many here. hours have you played Xbox this week? <laughs> right, right. The new PS5 is out, so let's get wild, right? Yeah. So, um, no, I, I love the compete thing. I think that's a, a crucial piece 
because I think if your mindset's on competing, you're not really focused on the outcome. And, and that's where so many people get stuck as they see an outcome and they look at the negative side of the outcome and they lose track of the process. Yeah. And I, uh, I think a, a lot of it for us comes in the weight room. You know, okay. That, that building of failure and, um, you know, we'll push them to the max and we'll, we always try to do some competitions at the end. Like, I don't know, maybe it's a, even a vertical jump. It's a, it's pools, it's hangs, it's who can, uh, walk the farthest around the courts with the, you know, two plates in their hands. Yeah. Um, you know, finger tests, you know, just different things every day where we try to get them to compete. Mm-hmm. And as a young kid, that freshman is like, what am I got myself into? You know, and I, and it's hard for those young kids, mm-hmm. but the ones that stick with it, figure out that, you know, you don't have to win it, but let's just try our best and compete. Right. You know, I, I think you start to see some of that, um, confidence, um, work its way into the baseball game and you weren't doing anything baseball at all, but I think oh, it's yeah. a, it's a huge piece for those kids. Yeah, not, and and then I think it also teaches the consistency because the kids who are probably winning most of those things are the ones who are there every time. Yeah, like you don't have a guy who just randomly shows up one no. week and then wins all the competitions. That doesn't happen. <laughs> like that's not how it works. So the, the and, we, and we've even that. tried to break it down to like where we have winners from all four levels. You know, okay. like yeah. give me a senior winner, give me a junior, give me a sophomore, give me a freshman, so they can then compete against maybe some kids their own age and uh, mm-hmm. start to develop that success. Which is awesome too, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I do want to throw out there: if any of my listeners would like to reach out, connect, you know, share some thoughts with you, do you have uh, a Twitter, Instagram, email, yeah. Facebook, anything you want to share? Um, go ahead and throw that Anytime, out there now. And I'll put my, it in the show uh, notes. Twi- my Twitter is Coach A Eight. Um, it's my Twitter handle. Um, my email is Ryan R Y A N dot Alexander at swcsd.us that's for southwestern city schools district.us um you know and i think to me i'm always willing to help out younger coaches and um youth coaches because you know 12 years ago i was picking the brains of a lot of a lot of the guys that i looked up to tim saunders and um steven gustler Late Stephen Gussler at Thomas yeah. Worthington, uh, one of my favorite guys to compete against. Uh, that's my um, that's my guy right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, no doubt. That's, that's who I played for in high school. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, loved Coach Usman at uh, Jerome. So just mm-hmm. always picking those guys on way that they did things in their programs, how they updated their facilities. Um, you know, that was always something I was willing to do is um, not be afraid to pick up the phone and ask those guys, you know, what, what they, what they did to uh, be successful. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Back when I, back when I first moved to Columbus and I had to then map quest their address <laughs> to figure out how to get to their school because we didn't have this stuff on our phone. <laughs> I remember that you print out the big old paper and you're like, okay, we got to turn right on. What exit so, is that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Driving in circles, trying to figure out your way to the second Dublin school that uh, was hidden behind some random could, street. I coached basketball um, for the first eight years I was teaching as well. And I literally had a binder of map quests to every uh, school or city league school that I had to go uh, recruit or, you know, scout. So 
Got That's to know awesome. my way around Columbus really quick. Yeah. Nowadays, you don't even have to know anything. You just type it in your yeah. phone. You're good to go. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We appreciate you having you on. Uh, that is all for today's episode. As always, keep reaching for the stars. Fall flat on your face. But remember, whenever we fall, always get up. Thank you for joining us today on the Edge of Greatness podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and join us again next time as we continue to dig deeper into the key components of greatness. The path to greatness is never linear, so remember to keep pursuing greatness no matter what. Keep stretching your abilities, reach for the stars, and fall flat on your face. But no matter what happens, remember, whenever we fall, always get up. Until next time, I'm Charles Schultz, and this was the Edge of Greatness podcast.